today, Jeremiah 39. We had a good morning. Good morning with everybody here, and uh, a lot of people got had stuff going on this afternoon, but I'm glad that you're here, mainly because y'all are my favorite, and uh, spend a little extra time with you all. Big week next week, 4th of July, and excited about that and what's ahead for Missions Month. Really excited about Missions Month. When we started the church, um, we had determined that missions was going to be a key key part of the church, and the Lord has helped us with that, and excited about what's ahead for us. We've got a lot of missionaries to consider, and um, praying the Lord would allow us to uh, add some this year. <clears throat> We've grown a lot since our last faith promise commitments, and uh, so excited and praying the Lord would use that, um, and I would again ask you to be praying about what God would have you to commit for the next 12 months, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, for missions giving, it's important. I believe it's it's one of the ways that we accomplish the Great Commission, and um, it's an important role in a Christian's life. It it has helped um, me and my wife immensely in, in when it comes to by faith giving and letting God provide for us for what we've committed. Um, God has always given us the money to give, and even in the times that we weren't sure how it was going to work out. Um, God's always given it to us, and so um, it's helped us. It's grown our faith. It's stretched our our confidence and our trust in Christ, and and I think it will you as well. And so I I strongly encourage you, and we will be talking about it all month in July. Uh, but be praying even now about what the Lord would have you to give. We give on a monthly basis. Um, you can do a one-time gift. You can do a weekly gift. You can do a monthly gift. Uh, commitment that is um, on how you're going to give and uh, what we'll do is <clears throat> we'll do the commitments um, in August and then in September is when it'll start um, uh, as well so excited about missions month meeting new missionaries um, uh, Katie Dilfer Sarah Barnett and David Peach and uh, just excited about what God will do with us through them and then of course um, we've got a few others uh, the Zarellas, 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 um, the Overtons, and then also we had uh, Jens Looney come through earlier in the year. He was before he was married. He's married now, uh, but the Looney's as well. And uh, then we'll include Jehovah Jireh Ministries and the three missionaries that are coming in July to consider for support. Of course, we've got two missionaries that we're taking down um, because they've stepped off the field, and then. Uh, so we need to fill those two gaps, and then I would love for us to be able to add a, a couple more if the Lord would allow it as well. <clears throat> so looking forward to that. Next week is an important Sunday as we kick off um, uh, Missions Month, and I don't have to tell you, you're, you're already here, but uh, I want to encourage you to do everything you can to be here next week and uh, as we kind of lead into the Missions Month as well. Jeremiah 39, it talks about the... Uh, um, the, the takeover, the Babylonian takeover. And verse 1 tells us that in the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the tenth month came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army against Jerusalem, and they besieged it. So it's, it's come, the time has come that Jeremiah had been warning uh, the people about. And uh, I think we're going to see some, some intriguing things here in this chapter today. But let's pray first. And then we'll take the next couple minutes to look through it. Lord, we do thank you for the good day that we've had thus far. Uh, I'm sure I'm glad that Brother Bossy was able to come and, and uh, see the facility. And Lord, what a blessing um, he has been. And Lord, I thank you for what you've done in his life to bring him to this point. 
where he is so passionate about helping church plants. And uh, Lord, so we thank you for him. We thank you for the visitors that came this morning. We thank you for the out-of-town friends that came this morning. And Lord, we just pray that you'd help us now in this afternoon time that we would again learn and draw close to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We see here in, uh, uh, I'm going to go back. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it real quick. But Jeremiah 1, verse 15 says, For lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord, and they shall come, and they shall set every one his throne at the entering, uh, entering of the gates of Jerusalem, and against all the walls thereof round about, and against all the cities of Judah. Now you go to verse 3 of chapter 39, and the Bible says, And all the princes of the king of Babylon came in, and sat in the middle gate, even uh, Nergal Sherezer, uh, there's a few names, and I apologize, but I'm going to skip them, uh, with all the residue of the princes of the king of Babylon. So just like God had said, here they come. Here they come a-marching, and uh, they come into Babylon. In verse 4 it says, And it came to pass that when Zedekiah the king of Judah saw them on all the men of war, then they fled. What, what did God say about fleeing? When we talked to Nebuch uh, excuse me, when we talked to Zedekiah and the people, he said, "Don't you can't run from this. And if you do run, it's going to be worse than if you didn't run. You're going to Babylon." But in verse four, they fled and they went forth out of the city by night, by the way of the king's garden, by the gate betwixt the two walls. And he went out the way of the plain. But the Chaldean army pursued after them and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. And when they had taken him, they brought him up to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and Riblah, to Riblah in the land of Hamath, where he gave judgment upon them. The king, then the king, excuse me, of Babylon, slew the sons of Zedekiah. I believe Zedekiah was around 30 to 32, 33 years old. He's young still at this point. Uh, and so they were there in Riblah before his eyes also the king of Babylon slew all the nobles of Judah. Moreover, he put out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with chains to carry him to Babylon. Now we read a little bit more about the Chaldeans in verse 8. They burned the king's house and the houses of the people with fire and break down the walls of Jerusalem. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, carried away captive into Babylon the remnant of the people that remained in the city and those that fell away that fell to him with the rest of the people that remained. The word that we use for the word tyrant uh, was originally a Chaldean word. I found that to be intriguing, um, that it comes from, from that, that region uh, there. And, and Nebuchadnezzar was truly a tyrant. And in verse 10, he does something interesting. The uh, Nebuchadnezzar, I believe, Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, left of the poor of the Judah and gave him vineyards and fields at the same time. He, he gives the poor, instead of taking them with them, he leaves them there and he gives them what they need to now live a decent life. And it's almost as though the uh, poor are now rich, or at least much better off than they were, and the oppressed, um, or the, excuse me, the oppressors were now the oppressed, those that kind of lorded over the poor and did not help them in any way. Now they're being oppressed in Babylon, whereas the poor who were being oppressed are now kind of living freely to some degree uh, there in the land. And we'll learn about more of that in the future as well. Uh, but then we see that God gave some favor to Jeremiah. If you remember, 
with Zedekiah. Zedekiah, they was, he was thrown in prison. Zedekiah did pull him out of the pit, and he was still in prison, though. He was still uh, uh, not free to go about himself. Why? Because he preached the message that God told him to preach. And Zedekiah still did not treat Jeremiah well. In verse 11, Nebuchadnezzar, man, these are weird names, king of Babylon gave charge concerning Jeremiah to Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, saying, they're just too close, too similar. Take him, speaking of Jeremiah, and look well to him, and do him no harm, but do unto him even as he shall say unto thee. So Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, sent, and Nebuchadnezzar, Another one, Shazban, Rabsaris, and Nirgal Sharizer, Rabmag, and all the king of Babylon princes. Like, why can't they all be like Rabmag? That's easy enough. Um, even they sent and took Jeremiah out of the court of the prison and committed him unto the uh, to Gedaliah, the son of ah- Ahikim, the son of Shaphan that he should carry him home so he dwelt among the people. God gave favor for Jeremiah. I know I've said this a million times, and you might be tired of hearing it because it sounds cliche, but when you do what God wants you to do, he's going to take care of you. Yes, there's going to be hardships. Yes, there's going to be times where you're wondering, what is God doing? But I promise you, every single time, if you're obedient, God will take care of you. Do you think that Jeremiah enjoyed his time in prison? No. No, he didn't. But he kept the faith. He kept trusting God, and God brought him out of it. When the nation was going through hardship, Jeremiah may have felt more protected than ever, it seems like, in this moment at the very least. God sent Jeremiah to help Zedekiah, but Zedekiah refused his help, so God uh, had Nebuchadnezzar help Jeremiah. You see... It made, would have made sense for Zedekiah to help him, but Zedekiah didn't. And so God, as he was using Nebuchadnezzar and his men to punish Zedekiah and the people, he also used them to help Jeremiah out also. Um, <coughs> I want to look at a verse from Jeremiah 15. It kind of covers this. Oh, if I can get back there. Jeremiah 15, verse 11, I believe. says, The Lord said, Verily it shall be well with thy remnant. Verily I will cause the enemy to entreat thee well in the time of evil and in the, same, in the time of affliction. Speaking to Jeremiah. He told him, When, the, when, when Babylon comes, you're going to be treated well. And that's exactly what happened. Would you believe it? God didn't lie. He told the truth. He made a promise and he fulfilled that promise. In verse 15, it says, The word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah while he was shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Go and speak to uh, Ebedmelech, the Ethiopian, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring my words upon this city for evil and not for good, and they shall be accomplished in that day before thee. But I will deliver thee in that day, saith the Lord, and thou shalt not be given into the hand of the men of whom thou art afraid. For I will surely deliver thee and thou shalt not fall by the sword, but thy life shall be for a prey unto thee, because thou hast put thy trust in me, saith the Lord. You see, the result of trusting God, or of what we've talked about before, fearing God, properly fearing God, 
result of that is God's protection. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom, and, and honestly, it's the beginning of living a protected life, a provided for life. When we don't fear God, respect God, reverence God, fear Him as the authority that He is, we're not going to have the proper knowledge of who God is. If we don't fear God, we don't know who He is. And guys, if you think about it for just a moment, did the people fear God when Noah said it's going to flood? No. The people who did fear God built an ark, got on the ark, and were protected. God is capable of anything, whatever he desires, whatever he wants. And when God tells us, I hate sin, he, he uses the word, I hate sin. These things are an abomination. These things do I hate. These things, uh, he goes through all these different terms, and, and, but the result is God hates sin, and God says sin has to be punished. If you fear God, then you know God. You know who he is, and you understand what he's capable of. You understand that he hates sin and sin is going to be punished. And so we live a life proving our fear of the Lord, our proper fear of the Lord. The times that I was scared of my father were the times that I was disobedient to my father. I was never afraid of my dad when I was doing right. I still respected him when I was doing right. I still reverenced, if I can use that word, when I was doing right. But I wasn't afraid of him when I was doing right. I was afraid to do wrong because I knew what would happen if dad found out about it. And that's the result is, is that you think about God, we can't hide from God. There were things I got away with as a kid because my dad never found out about it. But I can't do that with God. And fearing the Lord is knowing who God is. Knowing what God loves and what God hates. Knowing that what God says, if I do the things that he hates, that is part of fearing the Lord. And Jeremiah feared the Lord. He loved God. He loved his people, by the way, too. Jeremiah was not someone who was, uh, you know, asking God to punish the people. And Jeremiah loved his people, but the result was they weren't going to repent. They weren't going to return. They weren't going to do what God wanted them to do. And so there was a punishment coming. And God says, because thou hast put thy trust in me, I will surely deliver thee. It's the result of faith. It's the result of trust. It's the result of obedience uh, when it all comes down to it uh, here in the end. You remember Ebed Malek, he actually helped Jeremiah. Uh, we talked about that, I think, in the last chapter. Was it the last chapter or two chapters ago? I don't remember. But uh, uh, and he was part of helping. I think it was the last chapter. He was helping him um, uh, get out of the pit and not die. You remember that? And Ebed Malek, because he feared the Lord, because he helped Jeremiah, the result was he, too, was going to be spared, which is what's covered in verses 16 through 18 as well. Um, here's a good lesson for you. Be nice to the preacher. <laughs> That's what Ebed Malek did, right? He was nice to the preacher. So be nice to the preacher, Miss Kathy. Um, now, I joke a little bit with that. Um, if you don't want to get eaten by bears, be nice to the preacher. If you, if you want to be spared when Babylon comes, be nice. No. Um, follow God. Obey God. 
fear God. And the result will always be worth it. Every time, it's going to be worth it. Jeremiah went through some hardships, yes. But I believe if we had the opportunity to ask Jeremiah, would you do it all over again the same way, I believe the answer would be yes. I believe he would say it was worth it in the end. And so my continual encouragement to you is just obey. Obey God, follow him, trust him, and let God take care of you each step of the way. God, help us, um, give us the strength and the boldness, the faith that we need to follow you. And God, I pray that you would spare us the discipline that comes with sin because of our obedience. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be better motivated uh, to follow you and help us to know you better, that we'd be faithful in, in your word to read it. And Lord, that we'd be faithful to listen and be faithful to grow, um, Lord, closer to you. Uh, we need your help to do so. So Lord, we, we seek your help. We seek your um, guidance. And Lord, we just pray that um, each of us would be able to make the steps we need to make this week to draw closer to you. We seek your help this week. Give us the provision that we need, um, the protection that we need as well. And Lord, we'll give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory for it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.